Hello, and welcome to my podcast. I am Leah Petersons, and this is Leah's Lessons. In my podcast, I will be discussing Nurse 2001 and what it's taught me. It discusses many diverse concepts seen in family care in the community and informed me of many possible cases I might see in my nursing career. It's introduced concepts, skills, and practices relevant to family nursing practices as relational inquiry. Key concepts include pragmatism, objectivity, relational inquiry, health promotion, cultural safety, reflexivity, being in relation, relational capacity, and nursing across difference. Out of all of these concepts, I've chosen five course teachings. The first one is mental health then feeding and eating disorders, ethical challenges in the maternal newborn and child, adverse childhood events, and LGBTQ plus care. The first topic I will be discussing is about mental health in adolescents and young adults. Mental health is a personal state of mind and it's unique to every individual and I think that's a very important message to get across. That the same things that bring you down and the same things that bring you up are are not not the same for everyone. Every individual has their own things that make them feel good and things that tear them down. So I think it's really important that as a nurse and as like an individual we always have to take into account like being kind to everyone because you never know what somebody's going through and as a nurse when I run into these types of cases I want to be able to let the individual know that I understand that it's something personal that I won't fully ever understand but I am there to help and I think that's pretty important to those struggling with mental health because they think through more of a logical perspective and with this logical perspective I tie it to the post-structural lens because it's about the language we use and the literacy that we use to use therapeutic communication and you can't just say it will be okay or I think you just need to get outside you can't just give them little bits of random like encouragements they have to be like tethered to each individual and personalized to actually be beneficial. It's always important to remember that just lending an ear and knowing that you're there to listen and just comfort them is the best way to go about helping someone in this situation. You have to let them discuss how they're feeling and let them talk. I find that like many students whether they be in high school or university or college struggle with mental health often due to stress for me personally anyways that is my experience and I 
have seen what it can do to others that are struggling as teenagers or young adults. It's a very confusing time. You're growing up and you're learning new things about yourself. And you're going through all these different changes. And you're worrying about the future. Or you're unable to worry about the future because you're just worrying about the present. There can be so many different reasons why somebody may be struggling with their mental health. And it's important to just know like it's, it's going to be all different for everybody and that there is a way to get through it and there's always a support system that you can utilize to get yourself out of the dark place. I think specifically right now with the pandemic, so many people are experiencing mental health issues because they see it as a hopeless state, just in and out of lockdown and worried about their health and concerned about their family or maybe they don't even get to see their family, which is just as sad and just as scary. Just being torn away and from the people that you love, the people that are closest to you. And also having the disruption to your everyday life. Not being able to go to the store when you just want. Or being able to go out and have lunch and spend time with friends outside of like your regular circle of people you see every day. It can be the most challenging thing in the world to have those restrictions on your life. And on top of that, it doesn't help anybody's mental health to be more confined and more isolated. And that's what I've been thinking throughout this whole pandemic is that so many people's mental health is suffering. And I remember in the beginning... It was so hard to stay away from the people that you love because those people contribute to making your health stronger and making you feel better. The next topic I'll be discussing is feeding and eating disorders. In Nurse 2001, I was interested to be learning about the feeding and eating disorders from the perspective of the nursing course because I began my own um, education into um, feeding and eating disorders when I started seeing others that were struggling with it. Um, it's always been a topic that was interesting to me and I thought like it's it's just been a journey kind of through learning about it more and more that has made me understand it a little bit more. I personally don't have an eating disorder, but I've struggled with eating throughout my life. I think this is due to um, the stress and overworking myself. And I often find that when I was moving into my own house and learning how to cook and shop for myself, that's when it became more prevalent in my life. I realized it wasn't just as easy to make a meal and make something healthy in the right proportion. 
I would forget to nourish myself after I've been working hard all day and I would not eat as much and when I'd be eating around people they would say I looked thin or there wasn't much on my plate and they would tell me I was eating like a bird and these things weren't meant to be harmful and they're coming from people that love and care about me but something specific with feeding eating disorders is that any sort of comment towards food or about food that a person is eating is 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 not encouraging when it's discussing it it's something about eating disorders that i have learned is that it is like a voice inside your head telling you that you're too thin or something bad's going to happen or you you don't deserve it it's it's a voice inside your head that is telling you lies and convincing you and disrupting your self-image and i think it's important to know that there's so many different disorders and so many triggers you have anorexia nervosa binging purging and many more that come in all different ages of life and I've related this to relational inquiry because of how it's affected like in the media and how that self images and the language used around it and how it's your job as like an individual not to be shaming others and you have to see what is specific about that person's struggle that makes it such a big problem for them um I think it's important that like we all remember like not to be that hard on ourselves and that food is fuel and we can't live without it so we shouldn't be treating ourselves Um, with poor feeding habits we should be nourishing ourselves with the best food that we can make and buy the next topic i'll be discussing is ethical challenges in maternal newborn and child this topic would best be heard from a mom but since mine's not here at the moment because she's at work (laughs) I will have to dig into it. So the ethics of parenthood basically of the right and wrong and the choices you can be that can be made about it stretches all the way from having an epidural or not while in labor and then breastfeeding or formula. Should you let the baby cry or should you pick it up? There's so many different um, different ways you can raise a child or, you know, let somebody, like, raise them in their own way. It's not always clear and it's not always shown what the best option is. And I think out of all of that, the the most important thing to remember is what the best option is is what works best for mom and child together i think 
that the amount of books written about it, the topic, and the amount of other parents that will say something to you that would say, like, that's not how I did it, or I wouldn't do it, or I wouldn't breastfeed for that long, or I wouldn't use formula, or I'd let them sleep in the bed with me when I'd have a nap. Like, all those things can be so controversial. And I think it's important that we let the mothers know that, like, whatever is the best case for them whatever is the least amount of stress and keeps both them and the baby safe is the right option and I want all women to just be able to you know pick each other up and support everyone I want all the husbands and all the sons to also be supportive and also let what works best for the mother and child happen. Um, I think even for the baby or the child and the dad, those situations also arise. And they are also a decision maker in the situation in raising a child. So their, their word and their say is valued as well. I connected the ethical challenges in maternal, newborn, and child with post-structural lens. Um, I combined it with, like, the four ethical principles, um, beneficence, non-maleficence, autonomy, and justice. And with this, it's about how the nurse advocates for the mother and the child. It's how we help them make all the different choices with all their different options that they are presented with. As a nurse's job, like, as a nurse in that situation, it's their job to be supportive and to help the child grow and help the mom help the child. So there should never be judgment. There should never be biased opinions and as a nurse like you're going to make sure that everybody's happy and healthy and safe the next topic i'm discussing is adverse child events otherwise known as aces i use relational inquiry combined with this topic it's important to know that as nurses we remain supportive and understanding and use therapeutic communication to foster a trustworthy relationship with the child that is experiencing the adverse event. These events can have impacts that have long-term effects for the rest of the child's life and often these events create such an impact that it sets them back and restricts their opportunities because they are trying so hard to make it through this event and to come out on the better side of things. So as a nurse in this situation, my idea would be to make this um, this time easier for them, to offer them an ear that's listening and like support 
and a safe place to come to if they're experiencing trouble. Not all the time are the guardians or the parents of the child purposely causing the adverse event and making the child's life difficult. It is sometimes situations like neglect where the mom or dad could be working so much and trying to provide and make money to pay for the house and keep the roof over their head and put food on the table that sometimes they don't get to have that specific special time with their child and that that's not purposeful and that's not that's not them trying to be hurtful it's them just needing to learn how to balance both not all adverse events are meant from harm but a lot of them are some come from abuse and addiction and like risky behaviors but sometimes it can just be mental health and injury and lack of opportunities or infectious diseases and it can affect the neurological development and then therefore impact the social circle that child's a part of and then it can affect coping mechanisms and it can lead to disease or disability or social problems and then the worst case scenario could lead to death it needs to be addressed as soon as possible because you never know what's underneath the surface you never know how deep the issue has has um affected the child and it's them who need the help in this situation it's them who are the main patient and the one that is the most important person in this situation that to make sure that they're safe and that they're going to be happy and healthy it's my wish to just make sure like in my future when I'm a nurse and dealing with child's adverse events that I can be there for them and change their life and make each individual person's experience struggling with this better. For my last topic, I will be talking about LGBTQ plus and the access to care the community has. I think that the hospital and nurses are supposed to be an ally to the community and supposed to help um, the community grow and feel safe and like be a place where they can go to get help about what they're feeling and what they're experiencing. I relate this to relational inquiry because I look through the perspective of the HP lens and remember that every individual's experience is different and that many members of the community do not have an easy pathway to finding themselves. And I think that we also have to remember the importance of the language used with the community and the terms and the stigma and asking about pronouns is 
becoming such an important thing in everyday life and that we should all normalize it because everybody likes to be addressed differently. Same thing if you address Mr. and Mrs. and professor and teacher and everybody wants to have their name and what they're referred to be an example of themselves and that's the first step is just asking somebody's name asking their pronoun that just helps create a safe place for any individual to feel welcome and as a nurse like I will most definitely continue on my education into this topic further. I know there's so much still for me to learn and to be able to make those a part of the community comfortable. I want to use therapeutic communication to be able to assure the patient's confidentiality and health and wellness and make sure that they know like I'm going to be here for them. To end off this podcast, I want to say thank you for listening and for hearing what I've had to say. Um, This is something new that I have done. And as as much as I love listening to podcasts and they're perfect while you're driving long distances and getting motivation throughout the day and getting a smile on your face, I am no master at this. So thank you for bearing with me. And... I hope that my voice has not been too annoying and that my perspective on all these different topics from my Nurse 2001 course will help others feel lightened and feel free and open to talk and discuss um, how they feel about each of these topics and how my perspective helps open up others' viewers' perspectives so that they may continue on in being diverse and welcoming to everyone. And remember to treat everyone with kindness because you don't know what anybody's going through. So thank you again. Bye.